Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts, Alonso and Juan, Alicia Del Valle, and the baby-faced gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hola, niños y niñas, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows Podcast. Oh, we're live this week, uh, but if you're listening to us in the future, thanks for joining us in the future since we're in the past. But uh, this episode of the podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online remains our number one source. Uh, for all of your uh, betting this season, and uh, you can get every all your analysis of every play, prop, uh, and points at Bet Online. Uh, you'll find all the latest odds, team matchups, game trends of all kind over at Bet Online. Uh, if you head on over there, they'll have updated odds from everything for live games, uh, MMA, MLB, everything going on right now. NBA playoffs, of course. Uh, Lakers lost tonight, so pain. But uh, but you can find all that over on BetOnline.ag. Uh, if you head on over to their website today and use and use either your computer or your mobile device to sign up, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code, which is believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. Bet online, AG, where the game starts. If you're joining us live, uh, you see that we uh, th- this uh, this gentleman here is uh, Alicia Del Valle did not drastically change. Uh, pinch hitting for uh, for ADV is uh, is friend of the Canasada, uh, Jason Barquero. Jason, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How's everyone else doing? Uh, we're, I mean, well, aside from the Lakers losing and the homestand being sus, uh, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. But uh, but if you're joining us, chime in. Uh, you know, I know we have the regulars that show up, but uh, we always love your input. Uh, I wanted to start with the uh, the homestand uh, for the Dodgers, not for the Lakers, because the Lakers on the road. Um, Payne also two and four. Uh, wasn't I mean we talked about it one uh, the bumps the bumps are starting and and as we talked about too the bumps were going to start early um, I, I just kind of wanted to hear from you for starters how, how did you feel about the homestand I mean you were there a couple times too uh, before I, I go into my thoughts on the homestand I do want to give uh, uh, our friend Jason a point because uh, when Jason was on the show uh, last time Jason said in regards to the beer sales and the pitch clock he was the first person that I heard it from. Uh, Jason said that, you know, if uh, if these owners start losing money in the beer sales, if they don't start making, you know, enough money on those beer sales, that the pitch clock would disappear. Well, we already have seen some teams have extended their beer sales into the eighth <laughs> inning. So, yeah. Jason, congratulations. You get yourself your first bleed lows point. You're, you're on the board now. There we go. Thanks for the props. I appreciate it. Okay. So um, the homestand was rough, uh, but I keep telling myself that this is, you know, we're still not even a month. And and I heard this a lot from some of the players. While I was there, Freddie Freeman was saying, hey, it's only been 15 games. Now it's, it's, it's what, maybe 18 games. So it is far too early in the season to panic. But one of the things that does concern me about this team is the injuries. And I, I do think that 
we underestimated. I thought at the beginning of the season that the Dodgers could overcome the Gavin Lux injury, but it turns out that when you're not even a month into the season and you're already on your fourth or fifth string shortstop, I don't know any organization that could overcome that, that has that level of depth at shortstop or at any position. So it just could be that the injuries are just too much to overcome because we already have Bueller that's out. It's going to miss the season. Lux is already going to miss the season. Miguel Rojas is just gone onto the injured list. So it's, these are the aspects of baseball that people tend to forget that it's important health uh, wise. So that's, that to me is what's concerning is what's obvious is the depth is not there as it was before on a team like that. So that uh, it's, it, it was a, it's been a rough, you know, and it hasn't even been that bad because they're only like one game under 500, right? The problem is as Dodger fans, we're not used to this. You know, we're not used to it being like this. Now there have been seasons where they have started off very slow. And I, this is the reason why I'm not writing them off this year because they end up when the summer starts, they end up going on this ridiculous run where they end up winning these games. And all of a sudden you think the Dodgers are dead and here they, they, they come back, but the injuries are, are what concern me. Roger. Yeah. I'm. it's been the injuries. And then to me, it's been the pitching, right? I mean, not necessarily the starting pitching. Um, it's just, you know, the relief pitching, right? It's guys that you expect that have done well in the past, right? It, they're not performing at all, right? You have Vesia not performing at all. You have um, Almonte not performing at all, right? You know, um, Gratterall's been shaky. Um, all these guys that you expect to come in and, and shut down those innings for you can't get out. So, that to me is what what I think is hurting this team the most. And obviously, you know, scoring one run here and then you know six runs in one game and then back to one or no runs in the next game. Obviously, that that inconsistency at the plate is another issue. But yeah, I mean, you know, we we talk we we've talked about this a couple of times with with, uh, with uh, Rojas. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of it seemed like an injury was just waiting to happen with him, right? You know, he had the cramping, he had the wrist, you know, he had. I think he had a hamstring a couple weeks ago in spring training, right? There when they pulled him out uh, early too, just for pre- precautionary reasons. So we kind of knew this was going to happen, and now that shortstop is really is really ice thin, right? I mean, really really thin, and you know they've called up you know two two guys from the minor leagues to to fill that to fill that role, and you know we'll see what happens. Jason, I uh, you and I have not had the opportunity to uh, to chat together because I was on vacation when you uh, came on. So I make me feel better from this darkness. You know, I don't know if I can. I think the most exciting thing all season has been that perhaps we might move beer sales to the eighth inning. Look, here's the deal. <laughs> Last time I was on here, I think I might have said that I predicted the Dodgers maybe would get 93 or 94 wins. I might have been a little too nice. I, I don't, I'm not going to downgrade from that. Um, but at this point, I think if if they were to get 92, 93 wins, I think we'd call that a win for the season. They're playing right now, and they went into the season with a lineup that I'm. Look, you got you got what you got. Peralta, I just looked this up, hitting like 184. 
You got Jason Hayward hitting around the Mendoza line as well. You're not going to win a championship when you're starting Peralta and Hayward and guys like that. But we knew that going in, right? We knew that. We Now, we knew that the Altmans had to do what he had to do, and he's doing what he, what, what I mean, uh, you know, I think another exciting thing of the season is going to be perhaps watching this kid maybe go for Rookie of the Year. Um, I think he's eligible, right, for Rookie of the Year. He didn't play enough games in the past. Correct. But I, I just – I. There's too many vets on here. Uh, I don't think there's enough youth like, outside of Friedman, Freeman, not Friedman, Freeman and uh, and Betts, and even Betts is, is not exactly blowing it out of the water. But when you look at the pitching staff, it, you're going to have games where they're going to score. Scoring hasn't been a huge issue, but I think the consistent scoring is what concerns me a little bit. Um, and when you talk about injuries, like you guys mentioned, they just don't have the depth. Um, I'm, I'm I'm concerned. I am concerned. Can they make the playoffs? Sure. I just don't see the, the I just don't see the depth there. I mean, go on and on, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned right now. I uh, I agree with you in the sense that I I still think they're going to win 93, 94 games, and partially because they're too good, I guess, to be this bad. If that makes sense. Um, Jason, the Jason Hayward experiment, I think, will come to a head at some point because you, I mean, again. If this was Jason, I said this to someone the other day. If Jason Hayward came to the Dodgers five years ago, oh sure, different story. But this is not the same guy. No, and that's not a knock on him. It's just you know, it, it, time is undefeated. Father time is undefeated, except when you're LeBron James. But outside of that, there, there, you know, that that's going to catch up to people. JD Martinez has been a pleasant surprise. If I'm, I mean, granted, we're only 18 games in, but he. He was brought in to hit dingers. That's what it is at the end of the day. And so far he's delivering. But but the concerning, you know, Chris Taylor is very concerning to me. I think he's hitting like 125 or something like that. Um, the, uh, the the David Peralta, like you said, also very concerning. Um, and then Miguel Rojas, there was injury woes there, but obviously they he wasn't brought in for his bat per se. He's brought in for the defense and he's, and he's shown the glove. But one thing, if there is, I guess, a, uh, a bright side, if you will. Um, he, I think it was Dave Roberts said that he was trying to give it a go. He felt okay. And it feels like this IL stint is more precautionary than not. So I, I take that word at face value for what it is. Um, and, and, you know, you, I mean, you still have to figure out what's well, right. But I mean, to Juan's point, any, or any other organization, you lose a shortstop, your everyday shortstop, you're, you're panicking. Right. But with this team, the way that it's built, there should be some compensation somewhere else. Um, and with that, my other concern is Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas offensively is it's he's, he's batting under the Mendoza line. I think like 190, something like that. And that that's been my worry as far as like the youngsters go. Cause these vets, you kind of know what you're going to get right with Miguel Vargas and James Outman, you know, the kids, you know, they're, they're letting them go. And that for me is, is a little concerning. I don't think that the moment's too big for him, but right now is when, Hey, this is when you got to show the reps, right? This is when you got to step up. And that for me is a worry. I, I will say this though. I mean, I, I we're 18 games in, if, if the math adds up, I didn't expect the diamondbacks to be atop the AL West. I mean, there's that. So take that San Diego. I mean, at least we have that going for us. Uh, also, I like beer. I have liked beer and I still like beer. So it, whether it's the first inning or the eighth inning, so I was, I'm here for it. Um, and, and again, I, I agree, though, it's too early. I think it's too early to panic, like Juan said. But there is valid concerns. The bullpen has me terrified right now. Like, so I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I think it was Dave Roberts a couple weeks ago before I went on vacation, alluded to it. 
that Evan Phillips was going through something and, you know, he's dealing with something. Um, so obviously these guys are still humans, but I, the underperformance of the bullpen has been concerning if I'm totally honest. Um, so, and the starters, I mean, Kershaw just got his 200th win, by the way, I thought he had already done that. That tells you that, I mean, he's in year 16 and he's, and he's, and that to me blew my mind. So I, I, uh, and by the way, congrats, Kershaw, if you're listening, you're probably not cause you're on a plane somewhere, but, but, uh, but even that sort of stuff, it's that's concerning. The bullpen as a whole is concerning right now. But I, again, I trust Mark Pryor. I've said this a bunch of times here before. I'll say it again. I trust the shit out of Mark Pryor, and I know he can write that shit. But also, if there is a leadership group that can write the ship, it's these guys. Speaking of the homestand today, uh, Mad Max got thrown out today by a, a Fight Club member of this podcast, Phil Cuzzy. Uh, he was thrown out for what appears to have been a foreign substance on his hand. I'm almost sure it was rosin, but I, bro, what, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what, like you talked about the pitch clock a second ago and the owner is kind of getting heated about it. What, what, what's happening? Well, you know, what I find really interesting is that there's been three ejections for, um, a legal substance on 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 found on pitchers and all three have been by phil cuzzy this year thank you thank you okay sir. to me um if you listen to what if you saw the tape today it looked like what scherzer was saying was that it was rosin so it could be that that umpire overreacted and if he overreacted because here's the thing is if he did get ejected for having a foreign substance that's a 10-game suspension yeah. And Max Serzer has already threatened litigation. He's already, if that's the case. So I, I think the fact that only three players have been thrown out this year and they're all by the same umpire seems a little suspect to me. What is the criteria that that umpire... And I, did you guys see the video? That umpire was very aggressive. He, like, shoved the glove back into Max Scherzer's chest and I, I get that these umpires are human and they're just trying to do the same, just trying to do uh, the, the right thing. I, I did not see from the tape that Cuzzy can, you know, uh, huddled up with the other umpires. So I, I think that's probably going to, this is probably going to draw Major League Baseball's attention. They're probably going to have a little conversation with Cuzzy and it's going to be very interesting. The other pitchers that got thrown out of games because by Phil Cuzzy, if they don't end up suspending Scherzer, those other pitchers, I think, will have a case. Well, and let me read you a quote from Phil Cuzzy. This is from Phil Cuzzy talking about this situation to, uh, to, I believe, the New York Post. I said this to Buck and to Max. It really didn't matter to us what it is, Cuzzy said. All we know is that it is far stickier than anything that we felt certainly today and anything this year. So in that case, we felt as though he had two chances to clean it up and he was saying that it was rosin, end quote. I mean, bro, then, well, then why the fuck do we have a rosin bag? Like, what, what's, like well, then what's the purpose of that? As a, as a former bat boy and, and then, you know, worked up the chain, I had to make those rosin bags and it's fucking rosin. Like you just literally get a sock, you put rosin rocks and you beat the fuck out of it until it turns into powder. That's it. That's all it is. So I, I and it's and by the way, this isn't even at City Field. This is at Dodger Stadium. So you're gonna sit here and tell me that he has his own rosin? No, he doesn't have his own rosin bag. So I, I'm. That's what I'm confused by. But also, I'm of the party. 
if you know an official's name, that that ain't good, right? Ron Culpa ain't good. Joe West also not good. So I mean, it, it, the more you know of an official's name, the, the worse the PR. Roger, I I know you uh you're not. I mean, Mad Max is kind of in your Fight Club, but he's no longer a Dodger. So I, as far as I'm concerned, it's water under the bridge. But how'd you feel about that? Well, um, I mean, I didn't really know what was going on till I kind of saw what he was talking about and he was saying it was just it was rosin and sweat rosin and sweat right but then i saw that they said it was the stickiest that they've seen i mean if you go i saw some other tweets i think today they're saying technically rosin is a foreign substance right i mean it is so it doesn't make sense why they're allowed to use it right when it technically they say it's a foreign substance so i mean yeah it doesn't doesn't make any sense i mean i mean yeah yeah i kind of i think i saw something from vasse too He, he he in the in the scrum afterwards, he mentioned that uh, his spin rate has been the same consistently all season and even through today. So he mentioned, like, ain't there something that they can go back and look on before they make a decision like that? And, you know, Scherzer said, yeah, I completely agree with that. So, like, they, they do need to come up with some way to enforce this, but they have to, it, it can't just be like, well, I think he's doing something with, and they don't really have a way to prove it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think that there has to be some type of, real evidence and maybe that spin rate could have been something that they could actually use to, to kind of check what's going on. My biggest problem with all this is literally Phil Cuzzy said, this is a problem because it's stickier than anything all year. Okay. I, I have a decent memory, but I'm not going to remember how something felt. However, the fuck long ago until today, right. Till present moment. And for me, if that's the baseline, I have a problem with that because then at that point it's like, okay, so then there's these rules and you got to enforce them, but the gray area is bigger than, than, than we're thinking. Am I wrong, Jason? Yeah, it, it's very gray. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell who was, excuse me, who was, you know, I, what I don't like is the fact that you really embarrass the player on the field. Yeah. So to me, you better get it right. And I know we've become accustomed to them checking the hands and all that. We don't even flinch anymore. It's not as awkward as it was. But when something like this happens, it becomes a show. It's a show on the field um, just because of the, the the back and forth that you have. I wish there was a different way. Maybe it's a warning. Maybe it's something you investigate later. I don't know if it's something where you have to kick the guy out right there and then. Um, that's tough. And, and I highly doubt there are any guys that are still messing around with that stuff, knowing that they're going to get, they're getting checked all throughout their starts and in every, in every inning. So I, I don't know. You know, that's, that's tough. I, I believe Max, you know, I, I just, I, I, not because I love the guy or feel one way or the other about Max Scherzer. I just find it hard to believe, um, you know, maybe it was just a combination, like you said, of just sweat and rosin and, you know, every, I'm like, start talking about what every man's hands feel like, but I'm sure every, every, this could take a really weird turn in a sec, but you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to tell, hard for us to tell what's going on. Uh, I mean, I'm glad the league is staying on top of it, uh, but it is a little bit embarrassing the way it has to go down on the field for everyone to watch. I will say this. If it was, let's say, I don't know, Michael Pineda is a name that comes to mind, right? Remember the incident where he clearly had pine tar on, on his on his skin. If it's something obvious like that, okay, cool. I can understand. But also, it's not like Max Scherzer has a track record of this, right? And even in that, like, like Roger said, the spin rate has been the same all year. So for me, like... There isn't anything egregious there, but also, okay, if you don't want these guys to, and this is me taking the the stand as a former guy that threw a ball. If you don't want these guys to use a substance of any kind to help not hit people, that's what's going to happen. 
These dudes are going to hit people, and it's only going to get worse. I'm not saying that Pintar, Tack, all that jazz is the move, but Rosin is, I mean, they've used it forever, and now it's a problem. Get out of here with that, man. Like, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, yeah, it's the weird gray area of you have an illegal, legal substance on the mound that a pitcher can use, but don't throw the, I mean, it's, the argument is, oh, well, it felt stickier than other things all year. Stop it. Like, get out of here, man. And even in that, he knew, Scherzer even said he knew he was going to get checked in the fourth. And and the umpire said, oh, well, we gave him plenty of chances to clean it up. What does that even mean? Like, did you tell him as it came off the field, wash your hands? Like, what well, but but you want to know what's, the, to me, the most infuriating thing about all of this? What's that? Is they threw Max Scherzer out in the fourth inning of the game, and the Dodgers still lost. And oh, the yeah, Dodgers yeah. still couldn't do anything about it. That's, to me, what is so infuriating. You get Scherzer out of the game early, and the Dodgers still can't find a way to win that game. And I, I just – the only silver lining that I can see in the start of this season is if things keep going the way they're going, Dodger tickets are going to be cheaper. They're going to be more reasonable. Uh, you will be able to probably take a family uh, to go see the game. Uh what I find more interesting is there's already the daggers are out for Roberts and they're already out for Friedman. And a lot, I've heard this a lot. You, you give Friedman the benefit of the doubt because of his track record. Right. And I think most logical baseball fans will probably do that. But there's a lot of fans who I feel still have a lot of anger towards how last season ended. And this is not the greatest start to the season I, I, for, for Friedman because of the fact that they're already over the luxury tax. Okay, so you didn't make any moves. And I understand that you had to you had to see what you had with these kids. And so far, James Altman looks like he's going to be a major leaguer. We talked about Miguel Vargas. And I know a lot of fans are like, hey, this, guy, this guy's he's looking rough. He had a rough September last year when he got called up. This, this start to the season, while not ideal, I do believe I'm going to give him – I'm going to cut him some slack only because of this. I don't know if he's healed from that finger. And going into spring training and not being allowed to swing the bat, I know helped in terms of tracking the ball. I That has to – I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I would feel like that would affect your swing. It would affect your timing. It would, you know, and doing that kind of stuff. So I, I know there's already calls for Michael Bush to be called up and all that stuff. I, the way the Dodgers infield depth is, I, I don't know if we have that luxury to call a, anybody up. I, I Look, Chris Taylor may also end up going into the IL, and I know everybody wanted to go send him to the IL with a phantom injury, but it looks like Chris Taylor may have an actual legitimate injury, which leads me to who had Mookie Betts playing shortstop on your bingo card this year for the Dodgers. This is how I think we really need to take this into context, how bad the start of this season is for the Dodgers, which, by the way, are only two games out of first place. Right. One game out of 500. Right. But everybody's talking to that, uh, talking about them like they're trash. Right. And so the thing is this. I'm very curious. I was at the games 
And I know, Babyface, you've been to a couple of games, so I'm curious if anybody else has noticed this. I kind of feel like there's a lack of energy at Dodger Stadium. And it might be because of the way the team is playing and how things have started off. But, Babyface, have you noticed any of that? Not not so much. I mean, I think it, it – it's kind of hard to like when you're you're a fan there, right, and you're cheering, right, and say the team's behind, and then they they score, and and you know it's three two, and then the next inning they they give up two more runs, right, four or five runs. Now, so it's really hard to kind of get into that into that momentum as a fan, like you know, like you're in the game and like, hey, we're we're winning this game, like like today, right? You know, they were down a couple runs, you know, and and they gave up some in the ninth, you know, and you know Peralta ends up hitting a home run. If they don't give up those runs, it's a tie game, right? So stuff like that. So I think maybe stuff like that, the fans are like, you know, like they feel like, hey, something's going good. And then all of a sudden the next half inning, the bullpen gives up a couple of runs. So I think that, that's been happening a lot. So I have noticed maybe something like that. I don't know if that's exactly what you're referring to, but I, I do kind of see that. Like, you know, you get the you, you get up and then you get the wind knocked out. So, Jason, I, I mean, I know you're a fellow hater like I am. I mean, finally, we, we bring we bring we bring some bring some balance you show up but is that me just being too negative uh, do you sense a palpable anger from dodger fans especially yeah, with the start of this season yeah i don't think fans like this team um they're not excited about this team i know i wasn't going in you know the one guy who did not have an injury in the offseason was andrew friedman but yet he still acted like it he did nothing he did absolutely nothing and so it leads me to believe that they, I don't want to say they tank this season because this isn't the NBA where you'll tank a season to get a good pick. Yeah, yeah. But I really believe that, I think the brass inside know this is not going to be the year. I think they knew going in, this is not the year we're going to the World Series. And we'll, we're okay with that because we're waiting for Otani in 24. And that's what it feel like, feel, feels like. And I think fans feel like that. Like we, we really just kind of put the season off to the side. We'll make it entertaining. Maybe we'll hit a wild card and win a couple games. But I really don't believe management went in wanting to win this year i think they knew this was what they were going to get they're not going to admit it um because that's the way they acted in the offseason they, they threw a team out they threw the exact actually the team is worse than they were last year they did not put out a team that was even as good as a team that was out there last year you look at the pitching staff you look at the rotation you look at the bullpen you know a lot of faces are very unrecognizable to a lot of fans too so i think that's part of why i i think the lack of the excitement is there because I'm feeling it too. I've been to a few games and I can see that. I know you guys are there a little bit more, but from the little bit I've been there, I, it's, it's something is, is missing. I don't think fans are excited about the team. They're hopeful. It's still early, but when you go into the off season and do nothing and let everybody around you um, make some moves, it, it really comes off as if you kind of put the season off to the side, hoping for something big to happen at the end of this off season. So Things can turn around. Uh, th this team has been known to do some wonderful trades, and I can't believe I'm already looking forward to the trade deadline. <laughs> it's only April, but I really am. If we don't do something by the deadline, and it's still three months away or what have you, uh, we're screwed. And so they, they need this team right here is not going to win us a championship. If they win us a division, I'm buying everyone here dinner wherever they want. I just don't see it. Um, I'm hopeful they'll do it. Um, I still think the Padres are going to do it. I'm not going to say that they're going to run away with it. You never know. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, but I do agree with you, Juan. I don't see the excitement around Dodger Stadium, around this team. Um, I don't know. And, and one thing I want to mention, 
because I know I've, I've said it before. I've never been a big fan of, of Dave Roberts. I've, you know, I've not. He's a great guy, beautiful, I'm sure, wonderful family man, all that good stuff. I, the other night, and, I, and then the name is, 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 um, right, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but there was a game the other night where they were up three, they were down three, two in the eighth inning. And I forget the reliever they brought in. Um, was it, uh, was it Bickford? No, 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 it wasn't Bickford. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, um, yeah, like the bun and everything. I'm trying to remember. They were down three two. Federal? Pardon? Federal? Was it Andre Jackson? Andre Jackson. The game where Andre Jackson came. Yeah, in I want to give credit to Michael oh. Carrillo, who's yeah, yeah. following us on the uh, on the live. For he, I want to give him credit for that, Michael. Thank you. That's exactly who it was. We were down only three two. They bring him in in the eighth. Four two, five two. He's still there. The game is still within reach. Oh, and in pure Dave Roberts fashion, I'm going to throw him out there in the ninth just for kicks and giggles. Who does that? Who does that? That that You and I could have done that. This guy gets paid seven figures. To, to, so I don't understand. I don't know if he had a, a, something against Andre Jackson, which sometimes I believe that sometimes managers want to prove a point and they leave a guy out there too long because it was almost embarrassing for him to see him out there just get destroyed for two innings. But what are you telling the rest of your ball club? The game is still within reach, even with three runs in the ninth inning. And now all of a sudden now it's eight, two and the game's over. I, things like that. And that's the last thing I'll say about that is that when you already have a team on the margins, I think this is where manage where coaching and everyday management is going to be very key. And we're going to really see Dave Roberts have to earn his money this year because it, he doesn't have a stacked 110 win team. You know, this is where he's really going to have to manage those pitchers. And that to me was really disheartening. So I know because Alonzo brought this up. He he brought the same thing up. And this was, for those of you who did not hear Dave Roberts' explanation for that, is the Dodgers were going to be playing 10 games in a row. So he wanted to save the bullpen. And basically, and, um, I, I, I was about to call him Andrew Jackson. Andre Jackson, uh, <laughs> Andre Jackson had to take one for the team. I yeah. was very surprised at how quick of a trigger they had. And when they sent him down, now, if he truly is tipping his pitches and he needs to work on that, okay, I get that. Um, but to your point, Jason, he, here's the thing. Obviously, right now, no one in that bullpen is trusted. Anybody that you bring in right now seems to to be a gas can. Being around the beat writers, this is what I hear a lot, and this is when I hear them ask Dave Roberts a lot. Is it just the same old thing where this team is just consistently inconsistent? There's games where they don't pitch. There's games they don't hit. There's games where the bullpen just lights it up. And Dave Roberts has said, these are the guys we have, and this is where we're this is who we're rolling with. So these guys need to figure it out. And they have time. But that I guess is the fear from everybody is that. What if they don't figure it out? Or what if these young players don't pan out, right? Because that was the hope. That's what was going to save us. We were going to have these young players come in. They were going to be gritty. They were going to bring something that an 111-win team last year didn't have. Well, so far, what we're seeing is a lot of injuries. Ryan Pepio is hurt. Now, Michael Grove actually pitched well his last start. So maybe the illness really did impact him the first two starts of the season. But I know Michael Carrillo, who's watching us on the live, 
ask the question, why would Otani want to come here given this level of play? I know Alonso is on record as saying is Otani is not coming here. Maybe the Dodgers sucking. We are looking at this the wrong way, guys. Maybe the Dodgers sucking will help us sign Otani because Otani will take pity on us and say, I can save the Dodgers. I can bring this poor, you know, small market team, the Dodgers, back to to respectability. But what, what do you think, Alonzo? That's the most Hulk Hogan thing you've ever said to me. How dare, How dare you, sir? How dare you? And for those of you listening to the pukester, I agree with the Iron Sheik. You ham and eggers, you know, go go back and being humanoids. I, you know, what's funny is I, 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 oh man, the inconsistency of this team. If you really think about it, it, it not only is it frustrating, but it's like it's almost comical. And the reason I say it that way is. Because half of it is really, you know, the, the inconsistency, right? But then the other part is, is the Dave Roberts effect. Like, is Dave really having that much of, of an effect as a game manager? And to me, I, I don't know if if the latter is true. About I think Dave is a great manager. I know that might irk some people in this in this conversation right now, CC Jason. But uh, but I think Dave is a really good manager. I think in this particular instance, like you said. You know, I mean, they have some good pieces there, right? You know, you got Dustin May coming back from Tommy John, so you kind of have to give him a little bit of a, of a, of a pass. But, uh, but I mean, did you expect, you know, to have to have, you know, Pepio up so early, Michael Grow up so early, right? So, I mean, there's, did I mean, I didn't expect to ever see Noah Syndergaard as a Dodger, but alas, here we are. So, I mean, those those sorts of things are 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 there, right? But like. Like, for instance, the Andre Jackson thing, I think he was tipping his pitches. I, I went back and watched some of that. He, he's tipping them pretty bad. You don't have an 11 ERA just to have an 11 ERA. Uh, look at Mad Bum. Mad Bum can't figure out what the fuck he did. Alex Vesia just said, hold my beer, by the way. Well, and, and Alex Vesia also, <laughs> same same boat, right? But but I think with – and I, I don't even think Vesia is tipping. It, it's just – like, when, when I watched him throw the other day, he's just not locating. It, it's just what it comes down to. And uh- – Alonzo, let me ask you this on, on Vesia. Could it also be Vesia is now what? This is his third year in the big leagues. Yeah. And there's more tape on him now. Could it be that he is no longer surprising anyone and these guys know like what to expect? A- along with actually having a location problem, right? If you can't locate pitches, if you have no movement on pitches, I mean, these major leaguers, they're major leaguers for a reason. 100%. What were you say, Jason? Yeah, I, I want to add something on that on Alex Vesia. What I don't like about, and I think maybe it's the rules that have changed now, where now you can't, just just can't bring out a lefty to pitch to a lefty for one player and change that. Yeah. That's going to affect guys like Alex Vesia. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of left-handed relievers. I'm a, I'm old school. I believe lefties should only go against lefties and bring them out in this, as a specialist. Problem with this guy is he puts them out there like he's like he's a righty. And he puts it right down the middle, and they're eating it up. I think under the old rules, I think Vesia what might have been a, a nice lefty to have to bring out in a situation against another left-handed pitcher. But when you start using these left-handed relievers, like the right-handed relievers, you're going to get blown away. Uh, uh, there's very few of them, I believe, that are really, really good um, that can get away with that. But Vesia is not one of them, and I think these new rules are exposing that. But a lot of it's Alonzo, can you believe this? This guy's an anti-leftite. Yeah, he's yeah, an anti-leftite. As a lefty, how dare you? <laughs> Who's a lefty? You're a lefty, Alonzo. Yeah. 
real, real quick, do you think the new rules, the pitch clock rules, have anything to do with Vesia's struggles? Because no. he was he was one of the guys that took longer than that permitted time prior, and now he has to get back in there. He's off. Of, he's trying to get into that new routine, and it's been affecting him. I don't think you so. know. I hear that a lot for for the bullpen struggles because guess what? The Dodgers aren't the only team whose bullpen seems to be lighting itself on fire. There's a lot of teams. I mean, look, guys, the only team in the National League West that has a winning record are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Everyone else is is struggling. Alonzo, let me ask you that. I'm going to read this quote to you. You tell me which player said this. Okay. I'd rather Wait, this happen on. now. A Dodger? I'm not, I don't want to give it away. Okay. But you tell me who said this. Many. I'd rather this happen now than down the road. It's just don't jump on the bandwagon later on when we start fucking raking and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Man, that could be three or four guys. Uh, I'm going to go with, ooh, that's a really good, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going safe bet Freddie Freeman. Jason, do you have a guess? Muncie. That was my second guess. And Babyface, you ruined it for everyone, so go ahead. Manny, Manny Machado. That was Manny Machado and them feeling the heat because the show pods haven't gotten off to, to a good start. Now, to me, the show pod start is more, I, I guess you can explain that uh, bad start because they have had injuries, yeah. but they've also played teams with a lot. They've got, they've had to play the Bravos twice. They've played the Metropolitans. They played Milwaukee. We haven't even gotten to the hard part of the Dodgers' schedule. This is supposed to be the easy part. (laughs) Right. And so this is why, again, guys, instead of just being upset and throwing a pity party, let's look at it this way. Let's look at the positives. We might get cheaper tickets on StubHub, okay? We might get Otani to take pity on us and save us. You know, there we have friend of the carne asada, Dylan Hernandez on the show, who said that Otani is a different cat. Yeah. Now, don't you think like Otani would love to have that feather in his cap and be like, "I saved the Dodgers. The Dodgers were were struggling, and I came and I turned around that poor small market franchise who can't <laughs> afford to get any good players on the team." Jason, I I don't know your position on this. Do you think Otani is going to be a Dodger? I think it's a good chance. I don't see why not. I think if he likes the West Coast, he doesn't have to go very far. He's already here in Southern California. Um, if the money's equal, right, assuming the money's equal from all the big teams, um, I think there's a strong chance. I don't see why. Even if the Dodgers have, a, let's say, a 500-year, they've proven that they've been winners over the last decade. I think a guy like Otani. And if you're interested in um, sponsorship deals and other businesses like other athletes, I, this is probably the place, the place to be if it's not New York. Uh, I, I, answer, real quick, Alonzo, I want to answer Dave Luna's that's question. That's actually what I was about to do, so go ahead. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, Dave, I mean, really, the, what it comes down to, the nuts and bolts of it is uh, Japanese players are wired incredibly different than American players. They look at things in projects. Um, they actually don't like to be traded either. If you are being traded in the Japanese league, that means you're washed, more or less. Um, and then with a, a guy like Otani, he, he's also more concerned about kind of his legacy more than anything and so that's why 
for for me, the Dodgers, they do make a lot of sense. But I think for him long term, this dude just wants to win. That's what it comes down to. And if there's a healthy project that's viable for a long time, then that's what that guy's going to look at. Um, that's partially why I don't think he's going to come here. Not to say that the Dodgers aren't built to win or they're not going to win. I, I'm not saying that at all. I think it's more because he knows what to expect in a place like a Seattle or a Minnesota because it's such a young core that you know kind of what's going on. But that's that's why he's a different cat. I will say this. I, I heard a lot of people talking trash on it today as to why the Yankees were selling an Otani jersey. Here is my theory. I think they're selling that jersey because it was the number one selling jersey, by the way, at Yankee Stadium. Wow. I think this is their sales pitch to Otani. If you come here, you're going to be the guy. Yeah, I didn't hear about they were selling his jersey? Yes. In Japanese. Wow. An Angels jersey in Japanese. They're, oh. they're, they were selling, yeah, it's right next to Aaron Judge's uh, jersey, Jason. So this is how bad things are going for the Dodgers. We have now officially turned to Otani talk. So <laughs> welcome, everybody. We will be talking Shohei Otani all the time from the rest of the season. Uh, I want to segue real quick in terms of these struggles, guys. Uh-huh. I, I know it's a lot. We've talked about the bullpen. You know, we've it talked to a certain uh, aspect of the starting pitching. But we found out that Will Smith had a concussion. One, I am surprised that we don't see more catchers that have a concussion. And so originally over the weekend, Dave Roberts said that he would be um, off the list by the eligible to come back on April 20th on Thursday. And it looks like that's not going to happen. I'm curious to see if this Will Smith concussion is going to linger throughout the season. If he's going to continue to have these symptoms and is this how much they miss Will Smith? Is his bat that powerful? Does it say more about Will Smith's bat? Or does it say more about the Dodgers Roger roster construction this year? I think it's twofold. One, the bat for sure is important. But if you're if you're more or less everyday catcher isn't out there being the field general, that's a problem. Not to say that uh that Austin wins is is washed or is not good or not. No, I'm not saying it or even Austin Barnes. Not saying that at all. But Will Smith is an elite catcher. Like there's just no other way to put it. That's hard to replace. Why do you think Yadier Molina pitched for so many years? Because he's good. He's elite. That guy has a feel for the game. Has a feel for the pitchers. Has a feel for the bullpen. So obviously Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher. That's why he has a personal catcher. He's got a rhythm with him. He's got a feel with him. All that stuff. That that's huge. That's huge for these pitchers. And then you throw that into the mix with a struggling bullpen. That's huge. That I mean, that's that's massive. Uh, and, and by the way, I don't think the pitch clock has anything to do with these woes. If I'm totally honest with you, I think it's uh, what it comes down to is right now they're just out of sorts. That's that's all it is. But this doesn't help that. Will, the Will Smith effect does not help that. Offensively, doesn't help either because he's hitting three, three over 300. And now that bat is out of the lineup. And uh, and for the record, the only hitter hitting over 300 for the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. So so I think that's huge. Jason, what say you? I think you wrap, you wrap that up perfectly. I completely agree. It's a combination of both, Juan. I think it's how good and how consistent Will Smith has been over the last year, two years, perhaps he's been a very consistent Dodger. Um, but when you're on the margins, you cannot afford to lose one or two bats. And so not only do you lose that particular bat, but now you're losing the guy who's backing up the other guys 
And so now that also has a ripple effect with the Mookie bets and what have you on the, on the team when now you're getting backed up by fill in the blank, right? Jason Hayward or whoever they're throwing out there. And so it, that's rough. Um, yeah, it's a combination of both. That was a huge, huge blow. Hopefully we'll get them back soon, but we, we cannot afford to lose guys like that. Not, not at all. Jason, tell say the truth. There's just too many Austins on this team for you. I, I mean, you're you're the only one that tells the truth about Austin Barnes. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's our favorite Mexican. I know that you are. A, th- this is what cracks me up. Was Mexican before this, by the way. <laughs> but now that we brought this up, I did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, we we did. I, at least I know I I, I did. I I, I, I knew like this. People, I know I'm going way off the rails, but my right. dad and I are sitting here watching. Going, what? He's I mean, and and all of my friends. Like, I mean, I had no clue. His mom, I believe his mom is Mexican. If yes. I'm not yes. Yeah. yeah. By the way, my apologies to Freddie Freeman. Frederick, my bad. You're hitting 311. I didn't mean to, to throw for you to catch a straight tonight. Go ahead, one. And, and that was a Freddie Freeman who went through like a tremendous funk. And yeah. if he hadn't have gone through that funk, he, I, I mean, he was the only Dodger going into the season that I actually had any faith in offensively. And then when he started slumping, let me tell you, I was at the, at the game on Sunday. And it was the saddest Christmas ever to when they interviewed him. And I will say this. I, I want to give Federico credit for this because I think Federico gets gets uh, he gets slammed, especially after the Braves series last oh, yeah, year yeah, because yeah, yeah. he showed emotion, God forbid, you know, and he gets slammed as being he after a game where he struck out four times, sat there and took questions from the media. And I know that Alicia's not here, so I'll just take the baton in terms of Mookie bashing. I can't remember the last time Mookie Betts did that. And I know it's early, and I know a lot of people. I know Dave Vasse of, of Dodger Talk, friend of the Carnesada, has been somewhat critical of Mookie Betts and saying, hey, do you maybe need Mookie Betts to step up and do a little more with, with the offense struggling like this? But I could be wrong. You guys tell me, have you ever seen Mookie Betts after having a, a tough game or a tough start talk to the media? I haven't paid enough attention, but I'll, I'll defer to the group. I see, and, and I, I think it's okay. So we've talked about this before. I. I think some of the bashing he gets is 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 unwarranted, in my opinion. Um, but I understand why he gets the bashing because of the contract. Like I get that. You got a fucking championship out of it. Like there, there you go. Let's start there, and then let's work our way forward, right? So I mean, I think, I think some of it's unwarranted. But but we also, you lose sight of how good that dude is. He's good. I mean, you can't deny that. I mean, this dude's about to play probably shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. In Major League Baseball, like I can't do that. Uh, I I don't think you guys. I mean, I don't know everyone's athletic ability, so I'm not going to sit here and, and. I mean, I know Juan can't because uh, they won't. They barely let him back in the press box after stealing all the snacks. I, I probably could. That's a lot. Um, but I digress. But I think, but I think a little bit of it is unwarranted, and I think he catches strays partially because of the contract. But I think a lot of people expect him to be the de facto leader. And I've said this before, just because you get a giant contract doesn't necessarily imply that that's what you're going to be. That's not your your role. You're going to be a veteran in the clubhouse, but I think that's an unfair categorization of a guy like that. 
some people may think that I'm crazy, but at the same time, it, I mean, that's he, his play warranted the contract, right? So just because you're a superstar player doesn't necessarily mean that you're a leader. I think Freddie Freeman is a good leader. I, I, I mean, that's, but he's also not making necessarily, you know, the, the likes of Mookie money. I mean, $160 million is a lot of money, but, but it's not, you know, to the terms of a, a Mookie bets. But again, he's leading by example, doing what he needs to do. We don't know what Mookie does behind closed doors. I mean, that's, that's just where it needs to be left. So that's why I think that's an unfair characterization. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, Roger, have you seen it? That The only reason why I bring it up is the times I have been in the clubhouse post game, and it's not fun being in that clubhouse after they lose. It is a completely different energy. I've seen players and I know they don't want to do it, yeah. but I've seen players take the bullet and take the questions. I saw Federico do it last Sunday. Prior to that, I saw Will Smith do it and stand up and protect Bruce Dar Gratterall after Bruce Dar had a bad game. I, Will Smith was like, you guys want to talk to me? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll talk to him. I just don't remember when times are tough. And I'm just curious. And, and I get it, what you're saying, Alonzo. I, I, I do sometimes think it's unwarranted. But it does seem that there is a level of protection t- for him, and and I think he gets a pass on some of these things. And I'm just curious, but tell me, tell me, I'm wrong, babyface. I mean, the guy just had a baby. Like, can you cut him some slack? Like, you know, he's he's gonna have some restless nights coming up, and so let's cut him some slack a little bit, right? Got it. But, so, I uh, got it. So, I'm the asshole. I, I'm I'm the asshole, right? And every, everyone else calls him out, but I'm the asshole. I'll, I can be a jerk with you here, Juan, on this one. If you want <laughs> don't worry about that. With Mookie, I, I don't need him to be a leader. I need him to hit. He has been underwhelming since he signed that contract. The only time he did well was in the two-month season. I don't want to make Dodger fans upset. COVID season. He had a great two months for us and didn't do that well in the postseason, by the way. You can look at the stats in 2020, but we still won. His defense is never going to go in a slump. The guy is incredibly athletic. Yes, I'd argue he is the most athletic Dodger. The guy can bowl. The guy can do it all. He can he can do a lot of things. And so his defense will never go in a slump. I need him to at least give me 295 consistently every year. Give me 30-plus home runs. You're making that kind of money. And um, that's where the Dodger fans are getting a little restless. This 260 stuff ain't cutting it. That's not what we're paying for. And so now Freddie Friedman, he's just a natural – good hitter the guy's just a good hitter he's a stud yeah you know and he's a likable guy and Mookie Betts is a likable guy I like Mookie Betts I think he's a very likable guy maybe he just doesn't want to talk to the media when he loses I get that um you know but I, I need him to hit <laughs> that's what I need him to do then he can not talk to anybody as much as he wants but he needs to perform he did talk to the media after they lost to the Padres in the postseason last year okay he, so, so it's me but yeah. there, he's one of those guys that doesn't like if, like you said, it's Will Smith usually talking to him. It's usually like the pitcher. It's usually like some of the – you don't – you can go back. Like you hardly ever hear from Mookie Betts, right? Like in that playoff game, yeah, he 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 did talk in that game. But you hardly ever do he, – he's not one of the one of those guys that I guess the media is waiting for and they go to him to, to hear what he has to say. He's just not one of those guys that talks a lot. Hey, I was going to ask that. And those of you who have been there, because I haven't been there after the games – that's a good point. Are the media even going to him? So is he is he getting the chance to even reject an interview? Or is it, I don't want to start something here, but is it the fact that maybe folks aren't gravitating to him um, for, for an interview? I don't know. I haven't been back. So uh, usually uh, I'm going to let you guys know how the chorizo is made. 
So usually it's it's um, it's PR. Dodgers PR will let us know which players are are going to be available. The and you'll see some reporters will try to talk to certain players, and certain players will be like, "No, I I, I don't want to talk." But for the most part, PR is going to let us know who's available, and then Spectrum Sportsnet LA will always get the first question. So at that that that's the point. I just. But to me, it, it's just something that I, I see the 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 anger that's directed, the frustration probably that's more accurate towards, like you just said, Jason. I mean, he's a star, and they expect these guys to to be perfect all the time. And when they're not, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if Mookie did talk more, like like I said, when Federico talked to the media, and he was, and everybody's. Ex- Look, it, it, it's a slump. If anybody knew the recipe to get out of a slump, there would be no slumps, right? So Federico is like the saddest Christmas ever talking to us going, I don't know. I do the same thing every day. And that to me has just got to be fucking the most frustrating thing in the world where you do everything and you have success with it. So obviously you're going to keep doing the same thing because you have success with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going to go away from what brought you success because things aren't going your way. I mean, baseball is just, I mean, it, we've said this many times on this show. It is a game of failure. Right. And I, I just, I, I just had a lot of respect for Federico because I feel like he's taken a lot of shit and for him to sit there and, and take those questions early in the season um, I, I, I thought that was big of him, but you're, you're right, Alonzo. Mookie did, did answer in the postseason, uh, but it, I, I stand corrected then. That you're the asshole? Yeah, that is correct. Um, it was never a doubt, my friend. Never a doubt. Well, and, and I'll say this. If Fred, if Fred Rick, Freddie Freeman is in a slump, that tells you how real slumps are because that's a guy that doesn't really ever – have per se slumps right like i mean does he have like a, a you know a, a period where he's only hitting singles or you know kind of yeah stuff like that but my man just barrel to bat didn't make any sense that wasn't making sense up here and so but i mean again it's a game of failure like you said i mean look at max muncie max muncie couldn't hit anything couldn't hit air like you literally couldn't hit anything and now my man is just on a tear again so i mean it's that's that's the game of baseball it's a game of attrition uh, before we 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 wrap this guy up uh there's two things we want to broach one i wanted to ask you guys since since the i'm surrounded by haters so i mean it's the hair hair player haters ball so so we have to uh have to to address some things here uh since it's so bad who do you guys think the dodgers should go out and trade for let's say the trade deadline was tomorrow because apparently that's what jason wants to happen is the trade deadline to be tomorrow who should the dodgers go out and what was that can we move the trade deadline to April? No. Yeah, April thirty, April thirty second. Yeah. It's April thirty second, and it's April thirty first right now. Tomorrow's the deadline. Who are the Dodgers trading for? If you're Andrew Friedman, well, Michael Carrillo has suggested Oswald Peraza is who Michael Carrillo would like to see on the show. I honestly, I I don't know because for years the Dodgers did not have to worry about a shortstop, mm-hmm. right? They 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 had Corey Seager. They had Trey Turner, and, and now it's become a problem. But I, I'm kind of, for me, it seems like 
what do you, what are the, how many holes do we need to plug? Right. <laughs> and what do we need to do, you know, in order to survive the, because I am curious if Will Smith comes back, how much does that change the lineup? Like all of a sudden, do they start hitting? Like you had mentioned Alonzo, uh, does the bullpen start pitching uh, better because there's a little more consistency? Who knows? And maybe you can get away. Uh, is Chris Taylor really healthy? Is the reason why? I mean, the dude has five hits and four of them are for home runs. So it, it's like, is there something else going on with these guys that we don't know? Because I, a lot of these guys may be just playing hurt out of necessity because the Dodgers are so thin in, in, in the infield. So I, I, yeah, as much fun as it would be, and like I said, everything looks horrible right now. I, it, what's clear to me is there doesn't seem to be a solution for shortstop in the minor leagues. That that's because what's clear to me. Uh, and then the thing is, is if you're going to look at the Michael, Michael Bushes to help you up at the big league level, that's one less trade chip. And after Michael Bush. I don't know what other position players you have in order for trade chips. I mean, Andy Pachis, are you guys ready to give up on Andy Pachis and and get rid of him to try to to solve this short solution? I know the thing is, is just get in, get in. And I said it at the beginning of the season. I don't expect the Dodgers to win the division. If they can get in as a wild card and just get hot at that time, we, 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 we can see what happens. But as of right now, I, I know there was talk of the Tim Anderson thing, and the Tim Anderson thing is not going to happen. Right. I, I, I just don't see it happening. So to, I know this is a non-answer to your question, Alonzo, but I don't know if the Dodgers do make a trade chip, if it's necessarily going to be for shortstop, because I, I, the way things are going right now, what are you going to do at second base? I mean, maybe... Do we start seeing Mookie Betts if Miguel Vargas isn't healthy or Miguel Vargas doesn't come around? How much longer can you keep throwing Miguel Vargas out there? That's, to me, the problem is, yeah, you want to give these guys until, like, June, right? But by then, who knows where we're going to be in the standings, and then it's going to be Shohei Otani talk all the time here on the Bleed Those Podcast. You you non-answered the shit out of that. Jason, go ahead. I don't have a name, but I'd say starting pitching. I'm, I, I, we need pitching. I, I'm a firm believer if you can't beat them with hitting, then you got to beat them with pitching or, or vice versa. Um, I don't know if there's enough out there to solve. Uh, I think Tim Anderson would be great, but I don't think it's going to happen either. But I think it, uh, whatever – we, I'm just not happy with you know the cinder guards and all that. We, we need a legitimate starter. Um, I really believe so. Uh, right now, outside of Urias and and – Kershaw I don't know if I trust what's going to happen three to four three four and five if I'm even going to buy that two dollar ticket that Juan says uh is, is going to happen I'll start going to Noah Syndergaard games here by by June for about five bucks a seat what about what about you Roger I mean I, I don't think there really isn't anybody in the market at those positions right like who's a shortstop that's going to be available right talk is Anderson right but he has an option right is he really going to become is are the White Sox really going to give him up you know, uh, the Brewers, right? We talk with uh, what's his name is short. Um, the Brewers, um, are they going to give oh, him Willie, up? Uh, Willie Adamus, Adamus, yeah, they're, they're not going to give him up, right? So, who who is there at short, right? I mean, 
are they going to have to trade from the farm to get maybe a, a so-so top prospect, maybe from another team at shortstop, right? To kind of fill that. And maybe in a year or two, then they have a, a guy, you know, at shortstop, you know, and same thing on the pitching market, right? I, they do. Yeah. Like, you know, I would say, yeah, they need a shortstop. They need pitching, starting pitching and relief, right? That those are the, the areas that, that right now there you find the void in, but who's available, right? Like who, who can they realistically go out and get? And we can't say it. Okay. It's going to happen a couple of days because we don't know, but luckily the trade deadline is in July. So by that time, we'll probably get to see some guys become available and that's when they'll try and make a move. All right. I'm going to throw that. I'm I'm just, I'm just writing this down. So we just need a shortstop starting (laughs) pitching and bullpen. And that'll be the next topic on Shohei Otani show here. Mushy mushy everyone. Well, I mean, I think, okay, so again, this is early, right? So, I, I again, you're telling me the sky is falling, but you're not giving me a solution, so is the sky really falling? That makes sense? So, yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, if – well, I, I don't think that they're going to trade Tim Anderson. I don't. I, I Partially because it's – well, it's the White Sox. But, um, but I, I don't think they're going to move on from him. But – there would be a couple interesting names that I think the Dodgers would kick tires on because they were already out there anyway. One of them is Glaber Torres because they need a second baseman. And I, I mean, I'd take a waiver on that guy. Um, there's also this other, there's this, this guy in Cleveland that I don't think they're going to pay uh, because they don't like to pay people. His name is Ahmed Rosario. That's who I would trade for as, as a shortstop if he's available. Tim Anderson's a nice player. He's a great player. Ahmed is a is a he's got a hell of a glove, and then uh and I mean you're gonna need a pitcher right, and you're probably gonna need a starter if the, if the kids keep doing what they're doing. So why not go out and get Martin Perez from Texas? Because Jace, Jace listen, the Degrom experiment I think is gonna be a disaster. I think that dude's gonna be just as hurt as everyone on this roster is currently, but he's gonna have all of those episodes in in a season for the next five years. So why not go out and make a move for a guy that's I'm sorry, Jason, he's a lefty. Um, but but he's a good lefty. If I mean Julio Diaz is a lefty, what's your problem with him? No, no, I meant relievers. Relievers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> Look, all, all I saw is red. That's all I saw is red. When you said no, no lefties, lefty hate. All I saw is red. But you guys are forgetting we got Catman coming. We don't need another pitcher. We got the Catman. You just told me the sky was fucking falling. So I gave you solutions, and now you have solutions for the solution. Is it too? The sky is not falling because we have Shohei Otani on the show. Hey, everybody! It's Shohei Otani. Mushi, mushi, everyone. You ever have you ever been canceled? I'm just curious. Have you? I I will after this show. Okay. What what were you saying, Jason? Before you were so rudely interrupted by our host. Is it too late to trade for Bruce Bochy? (laughs) I mean, twelve and six, folks. Your Texas Rangers. They're going to win the American League, and it's going to be because of Bruce Bochy. I. I think they'll be in the playoffs, but I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think they're built for that. They're not. They don't have that dog in them. Bruce Bochy does though. Bruce Bochy does. Rangers won't even make the playoffs. Wow, that's uh, that's a stray from the cheap seats right there. Um, okay, before we go, we uh, we we have to uh, give we have to give a lefty flowers. I'm sorry, Jason. Uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, won his 200th game uh, last night. Uh, a part of the two wins from this homestand was uh, the Clayton Kershaw uh, expenditure. A, a crazy stat that I didn't know that uh, that someone from our account tweeted out. 
Uh, thank you, whoever our statisticians are. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's 694 career winning percentage is the highest in MLB history among pitchers with 200 plus wins. I did not know that. I also am guilty of assuming he had already won 200 games. So that's that's where I'm at. But uh, bro, Kershaw's still so good. Like he's thir- 16 years in, 33, 34, something like that. And speaking of dogs, he has that dog in him. Uh, I, this is my worry to, to something Jason said earlier. Let's say the Dodgers are throwing the season to the wayside. Who I feel really bad for is Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Because if they really are, and I don't think that's what they're doing personally, but crazier things have happened in sports. But if that's what's happening, it's at that guy's expense. Cause if dude, if he wins another title, that, that, that solidifies, I mean, it's already solidified. Right. But in my opinion, it solidifies right like it is goat as that goes and so i wanted to hear your guys's take on that starting with roger like like that again that's crazy that that's like it's like when aaron Rodgers retires we're gonna see all of his stats yeah he's a douchebag but then you see all of his stats and you're just like holy shit he threw three interceptions like what like it doesn't make sense you know what i mean i mean one more can you say about Christian right i mean he got 200 wins i mean i would love to see him get 300 i was trying to do the math i'm like probably have to pitch like five more seasons get like 15 wins a year right to, to get that. that i mean i think he could probably do it right i mean probably wouldn't be with the dodgers but i mean he could probably do it but i mean yeah i mean i i, I said you know kershaw is a goat he's the best pitcher i've ever seen right um and everything now that he's doing is just adding to his resume right he's a champion he's an mvp he's a cy young winner Right. And now he's just adding to it and just adding and adding, adding to it. And, you know, you know, he is the greatest that, that we've seen in this generation. Uh, I want to know, is 22 available for the Texas Rangers? <laughs> so that that's that that's just what I want. Because well, I mean, too, this, this is a great segue, too, because Juan, he was like pretty much threw him under the bus last week if anybody heard that episode. I didn't hear but, it because I was on vacation. Yeah, and I, I didn't get a thank you or anything. What did I say? I said, hey, guys, maybe we just got to get used to this This is the Kershaw we're going to see. And then what happens? I challenge Kershaw because I'm the only one who has the huevos on this show to challenge the stars. I challenge Kershaw, and he threw a great game yesterday. So you're welcome, Clayton. I'm going to miss you when you play in Texas next year. I I really am. But, you know. He hits you the next time. No, no, but here's the thing. In all seriousness. He's not even Kershaw said it in his in his post game press conference. He's not going to get to to three hundred. Uh, even if he averages fifteen wins for the next five years, that only gets him to two seventy five. What you're, I would you're love forgetting, for, you're forgetting all the wins he's going to get this season. Th- that's true. Um, <laughs> so, he, he, I mean. Look, I would love to see it happen, but realistically, what I would love to see him do is pass Don Sutton. And that's what, I mean, Don Sutton has 233. Uh, I think this season he's going to pass Drysdale. Drysdale has 209. But I would love for the the most winning pitcher in in Dodgers history to be Clayton Kershaw because he is the best pitcher. In, in Dodgers history, right? I think people now have very conveniently have said he's better than Koufax. 
that he has better numbers than Koufax. So we we can't argue that. So I would love to see him stay a Dodger long enough to pass Don Sutton. I was looking at Don Sutton. like Don Sutton's the leader in a lot of pitching categories for the Dodgers, and that poor guy just does not get the respect because of that. And here I am shitting on him saying, I don't want Don Sutton to be the leader of wins for the Dodgers. Had a lot of losses, though, didn't he? Yeah, he's also the leader in losses. He wasn't that great of a pitcher. I think he was but a but I'm the asshole, right, Jason? I'm the asshole. Here comes Jason. It's okay, I'm though, because he's right-handed, right, Jason? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-leftite. Yeah. The anti-leftite. But, yeah, I mean, how great was that last night? You saw the emotion. There's that great picture of him out there. But you saw him constantly interacting with his family. And that, to me, is a guy who knows the end is around the corner. And he's trying to enjoy it. That's a guy that I think that that's perspective, right? That's perspective where you've played the game long enough. I think we saw it with Kobe towards the end of his career where Kobe's like, you know what? I need to start enjoying this because I'm not, I'm not going to be around this much more. So to see Kershaw do that, that's the only thing is I would love Kershaw to stick around to be a, a Dodger long enough that, that he passes Sutton for most wins as a Dodger. Uh, the anti-leftite, uh, from Buck Nasty. I, I, I hope he does pass Don Sutton because I don't like Don Sutton. He's a Dodger hater. Okay. So he, if he's never stepped foot in Dodger Stadium, that's fine. He is the Dodger hater. He's always talking trash. The, 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 guy, the guy is dead, Jason. So. Yeah. Well, you, yeah I, I get, but he's just, yeah. you know. Bro, Easter just passed. And he, you're... He, never, he, never, he never liked the Dodgers at the end. It, so that's, but if they pass, he passes Don Sutton, that's great. I don't think Kershaw will get to 300. I don't even think he'll get to 260. I think he can get to 245, 250. I think we got about maybe two more seasons of Kershaw left in him. I think he'll retire at about 36. Um, and if I were him, I would too. I mean, he has nothing else to prove. I think he'd want to be with his family and raise his family at some point. Uh, but he is surprising a lot of us with how he's performing this year. Um, he's, he's exceptionally well. He started out really great last year and performed okay towards the end. Um, and he's, he's still defying the odds for a guy who's been going at it for um, what is it, 16 seasons, I think we said or so. 16, so that's, yeah. It's incredible. So I hope he does do it. Uh, it does look like he's the best Dodger pitcher of all time and just one of the best overall and just a great guy in general, right? It's just a, a feel-good guy. Um, I'm going to try to end on a positive note for this lefty. But I think Clayton Kershaw is kind of what you want out of an athlete in, in, in any sport, uh, just all around. Um, he has that dog in him, like we said. Uh, you know, he's just a good person, good interview. Um, I would hate to see him go. I hope he doesn't become a Texas Ranger, um, but – I don't know. You, you never know what happens. He's on a year to year, so we'll see. He's uh, 35 I, currently, so that means he's wow. retiring next year. According you to know what? I, <laughs> I, I do think that uh, 250 now is the new 300. Yeah. I, I think pitchers that. getting to 250 will be viewed as, as 300. And I think that would be the magic number, I think, to get pitchers now into the Hall of Fame. Um, but be, before we end the show, because I, I don't want to upset our wrestling fans. I don't want to get any more angry tweets. We, uh, we haven't talked wrestling on this episode. And I, I made a promise that I would try to make a more concerted effort to talk wrestling. Um, I just want to say uh, this past week was the birthday of the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
So I just want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, Jason, we don't know if you're one of us. Are you one of are you a wrestling fan? I don't follow it anymore. Um, so I'd be lying if I said I did. I'm a big fan of ups up until I would say the early 2000s. And then after that, I kind of drifted. You fit in perfectly. You're one of us. Wrestling ended in 2000 for the majority of us. There you go. Then I'm right with you. Okay. Um, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on, on, on the hot rod? I love the hot rod. I mean, when I think of my fondest memories of, of you know, the mid eighties going into the early nineties, I'm a kid of that era. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome. Awesome. It just had a certain energy that you would love to see out there on the ring. Um, yeah, I would put them in, let's see, in my category of all-time favorite guys to come out there. I mean, he was definitely top 10, but I would say top five in terms of entrance music because when those bagpipes <laughs> went off, man, especially at a SummerSlam or something like that, it, it's just, it, it was, you know, you, it, it was great. Um, yeah. On so I'm going to throw it over to... The- he would have been 69? It would have been 69. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, so I know you're you're too young for this, but do you have any memories of the Hot Rod Alonso? Uh, the WCW days. Uh, that's that's what I, I... You know what's funny is I feel like WCW kind of squashed him a little bit when he was there. I feel like they didn't maximize him. But then again, they did that to Bret Hart. They did that to, to other guys, right? So so I feel like that was that was a bummer because I feel like he would have... He, in my opinion, he would have killed it in the Attitude Era. You know that that would have been the the shtick. Like I think of, like that program that Austin and and Brian Pillman did. Like how you know they blurred the lines of reality. Like Rowdy Piper could have done something like that, right? Um, but but he he was he was great on the mic. You know, obviously, you know if you don't know about Piper's Pit, then we have a problem. Uh, yep, I was going to mention uh, Piper's Pit. Yeah, I mean, he would have taken Juan into the to the pit right now for some of the shit that he said, but I digress. But uh, but he, yeah, man, he, I mean, he's there's another way to put it. He's a legend of the business, and it's just I didn't know this. He he would have been 69 this year, so he died at 61 if I did my math right. Yeah, he. Uh, it's one of those sad passings. Babyface, uh, what any memories of the hot rod? I hated that dude when he broke uh, when he smashed the coconut on on Jimmy Snuka's head. Um, and, but but then I got a soft spot for him when, uh, and I know probably Juan, you probably hated this when the Piper's Pit where Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant when Andre turns heel and 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 this is when Piper's turning babyface and you know Andre gets him and he tears the shirt off off of Hogan and then at the end he's all like you're bleeding man you're bleeding because he has a little drip of blood on his chest so that kind of like you know gave me that soft spot for Piper but but yeah I mean I thought you know he was one of the the best I mean. He never, never held the, like the WWF title, like the championship. He was just in the uh, Intercontinental title. I think he won like the U.S. championship and stuff, and never the World Heavyweight Championship. So, you know, I think they should have gave that to him. But yeah, I mean, he was definitely one of the the top guys. And for for next time, I want to get. I saw a, a, a video the other day of uh, we got to do our Mount Ru- Mount Rushmore of the WWF guys. Ooh, so, I can't for, wait. So think 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 of that. And we'll put a well, I mean, I know who's not on that mountain right now. I can just tell you right now for one guy's Hulk mate, Hulk Hogan, he's not on there. Yeah, exactly. We're totally going to gimmick radio now by doing Mount Rushmore's. But I, I will say this, that segment that you're talking of the Piper's Pit, Piper carried that overacting ham yeah. who couldn't even sell. He couldn't even sell Andre ripping the necklace oh, off of the pukester. I mean, I mean... God, poor Piper. He had to work overtime to carry that segment because Hogan just 
Look, uh, for me, Roddy Piper was, like Alonzo said, he was great on the mic. He was a great personality. Technically, he was not in, in my cup of tea in terms of wrestling styles. He was a brawler. He was one of those kind of guys where I just, he was not a Bret Hart. He was not a macho man, Randy Savage. He was not a Kurt Henning. He wasn't those kind of guys that were technically prolific in the ring and could tell a story through making moves. That being said, his match at WrestleMania, and I think this was no accident at WrestleMania 8 with Bret Hart, to me, was his high point in terms of of a wrestling match. Um, The other thing that I loved about Piper was he would always give a fuck you to Hogan and would refuse to lay down to Hogan in the WWF days. But of course he gets the WCW and Hogan must pose, you know, he, it's not going to work for me, brother. And Piper ends up losing to Hogan in WCW. But the fact that Piper would always stand up to him in WWF and he never gave Hogan a clean victory, I think was good for business because I think they needed that. So it was just interesting. I came across it. It was his birthday, so I wanted to pay tribute to to Piper. And like Jason said, wrestling only counts up until about 2000. After that, you know, it, it gets a little foggy uh, for for me. But again, I want to satif- satisfy our listeners who do enjoy the wrestling talk and and want the wrestling talk. Uh, before we uh, we set everyone loose, uh, the Dodgers have four against the, the Cubs, and they have three against those Piratas de Pittsburgh, uh, all on the road. Uh, what what do you all foresee uh, with your predictions? I I have them going three and four. All right, Jason. I think they'll split. I think they'll. I think they'll. You you'll. I think you'll see the Dodgers at about five hundred for the next couple of weeks. So wait wait when yeah there there's seven games they can't they can't split so of the four against the Cachorros and then the three against the Piratas, three, three okay. Roger. Your Roger, you're on mute. Yeah. You're, you're on mute, but the suspense was <laughs> wonderful. I, I think it really worked well. You make Roddy Piper proud. Uh, I'm thinking three and four might be as bad as two and five. Wow, this might be the first time that I don't. One or the other, because you're famous for all the. I picked that. I picked that. Come on, we got points on the line here. So you got to go with one or the other. What is your pick? Both of those. They're both. No, 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 no. no. You cannot hedge your bets here, sir. I'm not going to let you pull this pukester shit. Also true. Three and four. I'm also going three and four. Um, Again, I mean, listen, this isn't a 110 team win. Or ten team, one hundred and ten win team. Jesus, English is hard. Um, yes, but uh, but it, it, it's. I mean, Cody Bellinger is good <laughs> again. <laughs> he's hitting, he's hitting bombs again. So I mean, I guess we have that going. For, oh shit, he plays for the Cubs. Never mind. Um, hey, he got his revenge. He came to Chavez <laughs> Ravine and he got his revenge. Well, and I mean, and they have uh, they have three day games in a row, four day games in a row actually, Chicago. So. I mean, they'll at least have the scenery to go through. I mean, that would be nice. Oh, sorry, they have one like, night game. They have one night game. Tomorrow. And it looks like weather might be an issue, so that you might see a doubleheader. Dang, Chicago being in a Chicago, right? That's right. 
Well, Jason, thank you for joining us and uh, and humoring us, even though you're a leftist. Anti-leftite. Anti-leftite. Someone just walked into this. They think we were talking about politics for the last hour. You just walked yeah. in and said, thank you for being a leftist. <laughs> Wait until they hear this podcast. <laughs> and and in the in the final season of Kershaw, when he's a left-handed reliever, uh, I guess Jason's going to turn well, I may have to eat my words. You're right about that. And in the final <laughs> season of Julio Diaz donning the Dodger blue. Like, come on, bro. Oh God! Okay, I, I have to. We have to have a whole conversation now about left-handed pitches. But it was fun being here, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, thank you for joining us and uh, and humoring us. Uh, this episode was presented by our partners at Bet Online. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code, which is Believe B L E A V, and you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, I I will be putting money on three of the four, uh, three wins for the next uh, the next little bit. But uh, pinch hitting for uh, Alicia Del Valle, who I don't know where she is, but she's somewhere exotic where we aren't. Uh, Jason Jason Barquero, uh, and it's your boys Alonso Juan and the Babyface Gimmick and this guy Roger. We are the Bleedless Podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, and please stop lefty hate because we have feelings too. It's the Shohei Otani Show. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.